0: Listening to a Drishti Point podcast? Please visit our website for more inspiring interviews on yoga, spirituality, and wellness. in Spagnuolo, and I'm your host today on Drishti Point. And today my guest is uh, Leela Stewart who runs Center Point Yoga Therapy Studio out in White Rock, BC. She's uh, been a student of yoga for over 35 years, which is fantastic, and has been teaching for 17 years. And I'd like to welcome you to our show. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. <laughs> so... Um, we're always a student of yoga, student of life, um, and you've got and you've uh, noted that you've been a student for thirty five years. Um, where, how did that process start for you? When I was eighteen,
1: I wrecked my back ah. being a landscaper one summer, not knowing how to use my body in a really efficient way. And it was quite an injury, and the whole year I was suffering. And when I was 19, a friend of mine said to me, my mother is doing this thing called yoga, and it's supposed to be good for your back. Mm. And so she showed me a couple of things, Cobra being one of them. Right. And it made my back feel better. And so I bought... Karine Zebras, the ABCs of yoga, <laughs> taught myself yoga. And I figured out a routine that would get me out of pain and another routine that would get me out of pain later on in the day. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't cure the back pain, but it, it alleviated it. And that started me. I think that yoga gets a hold of you oh that's beautifully yeah. said once you once you start doing it and you do it in a committed way mm-hmm. it 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 takes hold of you and it leads you in places and so i was already interested in certain practices like vegetarianism and and it just kind of led me down that path and of of being very careful about my environment and what I put into my body. And, and, um, and of course, yoga, for most people, getting into yoga is a physical thing, like it was for me. But then it leads you down the path of yoga, which, of course, is much more uh, extensive than the physical,
0: mm.
1: much more multidimensional.
0: And so if you can speak on uh, shortly thereafter... Like when it started at physical, Uh, how did that progress? How did that evolve?
1: Well, you mean in my spiritual evolution, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, that was back back a few years, I guess, when I was fourteen. I and I came to it, I guess, through the path of Raja Yoga. Kind of logically, mm-hmm. and in school, mm-hmm. um, in math, learning about the concept of infinity, and in science, learning about the concept of um, uh, the laws of relativity—that that energy is neither created nor destroyed—and and I just put two and two together, and it just sort of pervaded my being. Well, there is a soul. And it does exist forever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh, I had been a churchgoer. My parents took us to church, and, and when I was 14, I, we, we all rebelled around that time and said, we're not going to church anymore. And I decided, I don't believe in God. And then <laughs> after that, I thought, well, maybe I'm an agnostic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and then I guess that just started me on a whole path of exploration. Of of reading various things, I got uh, um, very interested in the work of Rudolf Steiner. at At one point, and his one phrase in one of his books sort of cracked my cosmic egg, and it was, uh, "Thought is a living thing." Wow! Yeah, and that, like I say, it cracked my cosmic egg, and it and it opened up a whole arena Mm -hmm. of, well, maybe I don't have to be tossed about like flotsam by life. Maybe, maybe I actually do have something to do with where my life goes. Maybe it's not all set in stone. And, and so that's what I teach people now that thought is a living process. And we are stuck in patterns that have formed throughout our life—mental patterns, physical patterns, emotional patterns, even patterns of of um, spiritual practices—and that keeps us going in a certain direction. And if we don't particularly like the direction that that's taking us, then
0: we actually do have the power to change our minds. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: I mean, would it not? Is it fair to say that it's thought it's what we do is a a dance with the universe? Absolutely. It's like a back and forth sort of. Absolutely. And that's. Yeah. Absolutely. mm
1: -hmm. Well, if you want to look at it sort of cosmologically, you know, with with um, the two sort of primary energies of purusha and prakriti that's the dance so there's a yearning or a desire or a devotion for consciousness to be expressed or for consciousness to to be to meet that which allows consciousness to be consciousness in action Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so and so if we're aware of that if we're aware that our own desire, our own yearning, our own um, intention, where we put our mind can make a difference. And, of course, yoga teaches that we can put that anywhere we want. And like I was saying before, the physical is often where we start. But what yoga says is that we have a physical body, but don't forget that you're not really your physical body. Yes. Right? And we have a mind, and don't forget, you're not really your physical or your mental or or even your spiritual. Mm. So let's keep one eye always on that brilliance, on that divinity and that's what healing is i think is 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 keeping your eye on that divinity you are i am divine you are divine so yes we may be having trouble in the physical we may be having bad backs or we may have cancer or we may have all of these various things going on and and that is real and ultimately it shapes us but we can't forget that when that's gone there's a part of us that's still going to be surviving, and we need to keep our eye on that part of us
0: mm. i um I didn't want to go um, early on, but since you've mentioned yeah. it, I just want to continue with that then if we as a society, I wish there, there was another word for illness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so in other words, it's some form of call, or our bodies or our souls are trying to convey a message um to us trying to communicate it being intimate with it and so do you think that if it was if the shift changed it in how we look at these things that it would be just a different way of healing as opposed to let's pop the pill I mean absolutely that, that yeah. sort of thing
1: yeah yeah and I think that there is definitely a place for the pills. I mean, sure. I'm on lots of pills yes. myself, right. you know, in order to allow me to function yes. in, in the world. Yes. Um, and that was really hard for me to do because up until that point, I was not a pill person. Yes. But there's a, there's a kind of surrender that has to happen to illness and a surrender that has to happen to what is. And... um If we focus only on the physical and on the injection and on the pill and on the specialist, then we really miss out on a huge part of really what can heal. Let me give you an example. Um, In one of the yoga therapy classes at my studio, um, there's well, in all of the classes, there's many people that have fibromyalgia, cancer, Parkinson's, whatever, some conditions that would keep them out of regular yoga classes. And one woman in particular that has fibromyalgia and is in incredible pain and dysfunction said to me that the class that helped her pain the most was a class that we did on forgiveness,
0: Mm. wow that's quite interesting isn't it and so what was your reaction to that well
1: it was right on I I, I mean I know (laughs) that that's that that's true Mm. and that if we keep focusing on the illness even if it's the healing of the illness Mm -hmm. that the focus is still on the illness and that keeps us there Right. And, you know, for, uh, if I can speak from my own experience, I've had pretty devastating health challenges over the last nine years, and and it's a lot easier to be um, philosophical about it in, in this position that I am in now of feeling quite good health-wise. But in those times, days, months, years, when I wasn't, I realized that if I kept focusing on just the next pill, the next treatment, that it creates kind of a an illness personality
0: mm.
1: that, that keeps you there. And so during that time, I became a very dedicated meditator <laughs> <All right. laughs> because it's that time every day when I get to... I get to confirm to myself and remind myself that I'm not this body that is in
0: suffering. Our guest today is Leela Stewart, who is a yoga therapist in White Rock, B.C. So just to continue on this uh, fascinating conversation, um, I'm just going to read a few things that um, you've written, which I find very, very interesting. All healing is self-healing, true healing is soul healing. And then you've written, we are all doing the work of the divine. And what does that mean exactly? (laughs) Let let Uh, us know.
1: (laughs) I work with people who, a lot of people who have given up hope. And I've also given up hope myself at various times over the past nine years mm-hmm. when I've been very ill. And like I was saying before, when, when you just focus on the physical, that can help, but it's only a very small part. So we are multidimensional beings, that's called the koshas, right? We have yes. five layers, and each layer is more or less dense. And we, in order to heal, we need to heal into our wholeness. And so if we focus just on one aspect of ourself, then there's a huge piece that's not being... N- not being met right and so when i say that all healing is Mm self-healing what i mean is that we have to be 100 percent responsible for our own healing it took me a long time to come to that why why did it take me a long time to come to that but
0: why did you say not necessarily okay answer that question
1: because I kept thinking that everyone else was going to heal me.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. hmm Yeah, and that the next, the next pill or the next treatment was going to heal me, heal me. And one day, and I remember exactly where it was, and, you know, the sun was shining. <laughs> I was in the living room, and I was feeling really sorry for myself because I was so sick. And... It just, like a bolt of lightning, it struck me, Leela, this is your life. And this could be your life for the rest of your life. So how are you going to be with that? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, there was a level of surrender to what is, what was happening, that actually started my healing process. Up until that time, and that was like probably three four years i was not going anywhere in my healing process and that started it and so when i say that all healing is self-healing we have to be very aware people to participate in our own healing process and when the second Sentence we are all doing the work of the divine is a little isn't, doesn't quite uh, it doesn't quite follow on on what I just said because what when can I give some context to th- I need to Absol- give some context absolutely to this. I point. had a near death experience mm-hmm. last uh, in summer two thousand and eight f- and I was in the ICU for for six days and the veil was pretty thin <laughs> and it felt to me like I was getting some pretty direct downloads
0: mm.
1: and those are some of the things that were, that were downloaded that we are all doing the work of the divine Okay. so when, when I work with people who have given up hope who um, haven't been able to tie their shoes for mm. five years or whatever um, I'm doing the work of the divine and when they heal then they can do the work of it the, they are also they're doing the work of the divine by healing because part, because we are all supposed to be in wholeness that's why we're here to realize that we actually are in, already in wholeness and when we heal it feels more like that but even when we're even when we're in suffering we're still actually whole cuz we're whole in that place of divinity and so we need to keep touching in on that and not to say i've never i've never been depressed i've been very depressed i've been in so much despair and it's always been that that pulls me out you know what this is just physical or and here, here's a good example of a divine intervention i could barely walk for a number of years because i had such severe inflammatory arthritis and I would drag myself down to the beach and I could walk for like sort of stumble and and for stagger for maybe 15 minutes but every time I started to feel sorry for myself and I'm not kidding you I would see someone in a wheelchair I would see someone with no legs Mm. I would see someone in a walker who was dragging themselves and and every time i got a message saying you know what you don't have it so bad you can walk you know you have legs right and and that really gave me an appreciation for whatever physical ability i have And now I have more, and I really believe that I am healing now because I've come to those places of surrender
0: and said, okay, this is it. Hmm. Would you say that that would be the most, um, I guess, important uh, thing that it's taught you, is just to surrender?
1: no <laughs> because sometimes it's important to fight as well mm. but to know the difference mm. is important what would be the most important i think the most important thing that has come to me from all of this suffering in the last 9 years is that is the truth of the yoga teachings you know before that it was It was something that I'd written, that I'd read, something that I was taught. Um, and after, and I can really say that now I know that it's true. I really know that it's true. I really know that we are divine. I really know that. And I really know that it doesn't really matter what happens to our physical body because That's going to, that's like the coat. It's going to fall away. But what really matters, and this is probably it as I'm getting to it now, that what really matters is where we put our mind and where we put our energy. So if we work at co-op radio, dispensing information that is very valuable to the people who really need it, that's the work of the divine. Mm
0: -hmm. Whatever
1: we do, Even if, even the people out on the street, you might not look at a person out on the street saying, and say they're doing the work of the divine, but they are because they're our mirror. And maybe it's not their karma in this life to have the karma that I have, which I think is really good karma. Mm Mm-hmm. Now as far as karma goes, you know, we're blessed. You and I are blessed with that karma. And I really do believe that where we put our mind in this life will determine what happens. And somewhere I must have done something all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> in some past lives
1: because of all the blessings in my life now.
0: Um, so speaking of the coat that, that it will eventually fall off, what does that mean for you? Like... The dying. What are, what's happening?
1: Well, having had an experience mm-hmm. of it, I I really know for sure that our consciousness is pulled out of the top of our head when we die. Mm. That that aspect, whatever you want to call it, our soul, and in and in, uh, in in yoga, there's a uh, the pranas are um named and there's one prana that goes upward it's called udana prana and now i really when i when i teach udana prana i can absolutely say for sure that it takes things up because i felt my mm-hmm. consciousness leaving through the top of my head mm-hmm. and that was a consciousness and so some kind of consciousness stays Hmm. And, I mean, I don't have, I didn't go far enough into that death experience to have some of the experiences that other people do, but it really made me think that it's true that some part of our consciousness does live on and there is a cosmic consciousness that we are part of.
0: Do you remember what you said during break about uh, death death? Because I would really love for you to share that with our listeners.
1: Remind me.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. Well, we're talking about the illness, and that it's not necessarily a bad thing. And we that all healing is not necessarily physical healing. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have this conversation yes. on break, <laughs> Mike. It doesn't mean they didn't survive. It doesn't mean they oh. didn't survive. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you, Mike. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> When we die, everyone is going
1: to die. We're all going to die. Life is a terminal condition. And so it's really important, I think, how we die. And to die consciously. And that we prepare ourselves for it. And yoga prepares ourselves, prepares us for death. We do shavasana and in shavasana we learn to let go and shavasana is sometimes called the little death mm. because we keep practicing letting go and we keep practicing letting go of our bad habits we keep practicing letting go of our eating too much chocolate <laughs> <laughs> or we we practice um not Snapping at our husband, or we, where we practice compassion, and all of those things count. My my experience of almost dying really taught me, or I had a very clear sense that everything that I had done up to that point were points was were points in my favor to allow me to live, because I was like that far away from death. If I hadn't, if I hadn't already been in ICU because I'd collapsed at home, if my doctor hadn't been right in on that floor when I when I had a, a massive hemorrhage, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> and so what i got afterwards was that everything that i had done every time i got down on my mat every time i meditated every kind deed that i'd done every kind thought that i'd ever had was a point in my favor to allow me to come back because why should i i mean why should i survive when We had just had a very tragic death of a yoga teacher that year, um, Deborah Raphael, who had just was the mother of seven-month-old twins and went into the hospital for a routine surgery and and died of an infection. Like, why me and not her? And I asked the divine that. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: answer I got was, her work was done. Mm -hmm. Yours is not. So we have... We have this work, whatever it is. And I got a little bit off track from death. <laughs> <laughs> but everything that we do helps us to die free, more free. And the, the more we put our mind on the divine, the more we turn it from um, CSI, New York, to <laughs> listening to some
0: beautiful chant music, that counts. Okay. Thank you, Leila. Well, we just never know what kind of conversations we're going to have on Drishti Point. That's really quite fascinating. Thank you. If you're interested in in what we've been discussing um, throughout the hour here, um, you can uh, contact Leila, actually through Drishti Point. That's probably the easiest. And um we can connect you with her, and she's in, uh, located in White Rock. So, Leela, what, at what point um, throughout your own journey did you uh, decide to become a yoga teacher, and why?
1: Well, my I've had a few professions in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and one somewhere in the middle was a massage therapist. <laughs> oh, okay. And I did that for 12 years, and I saw a lot of people in deep suffering and working with those people I really did see that a lot of their suffering was not just physical and that if we worked with the breath and if we worked with being still magical things happened and healing happened and I I think it must have been probably nine. In the early 90s, I started teaching um, a, a group of workshops that I called the Body Project, because what I had found in my massage therapy practice was that when people became aware of their body in a different way than their normal way, that they started to move differently, they started to... Uh, use their body differently um, and that made a huge difference in their dysfunction and their suffering and so I was teaching that and at that time I was taking classes with Sandra Sammartino who is the grandmother of many yoga teachers in, <laughs> in British Columbia and so I took her teacher training and uh, started to teach and not too long after that, probably about ten years, I started. I started teaching teachers. Uh, people, most people were already yoga teachers, because uh, I saw a huge gap in the yoga world. Working, there was not very many places for people to go who really couldn't keep up in a regular yoga class, and I really believe that everyone can do yoga. Even if you're on a ventilator, you can do yoga. Okay. Because yoga is much vaster than the physical.
0: Right. Yeah. What do you think Sandra Sammartino taught you the most? She taught
1: me that it's possible to shift my focus to my energy body to shift my focus to a different dimension. She she would talk about if you want to go to the fourth dimension, then you have to do X, Y, and Z. And I think the other thing I really learned from Sandra was to trust myself as a teacher. And she teaches t- teachers to teach on inspiration. And for me, because I have a much more structured, uh, ordered, and logical mind than, prob- I think, probably a lot of yoga teachers, <laughs> um, that didn't work for me at first. I had to plan my classes. and But as I've matured as a yoga teacher and now a, a teacher of teachers, I the way i teach now is i just have an idea and i go with the energy of the class and pretty well after every class somebody comes up and says you taught that class for me wow yeah and i always or i often mm. felt that way with sandra's classes oh okay she knew exactly she seemed to know exactly what what was going on with right. me right yeah right. so so i think that it's it was about trusting, mm. and as I am out, as I have been out in the world, I took my training with her in 93, or 92, 93, ninety three, or ninety two ninety three nineteen to ninety three something like that. Um, how special she is as a yoga teacher, because she introduces all of the teachers to the the vaster aspects of yoga, the multidimensionality of yoga, mm. and she and she really encourages every teacher to be. Him or herself, and to not be a little Sandra Sammartino yoga teacher.
0: Oh, okay, (laughs) very nice. Um, I know that you also teach a style of yoga called Drew Yoga. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's—it's not very many people know about Drew Yoga. D R U. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Drew Yoga. Well, it's a kind of yoga that isn't
1: really known much in the world. In I guess in the last. Ten years, it's uh, it's becoming more known. But the 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 uh, the leader of Dru Yoga, um, Dr. Mansukh Patel, um, based in Wales, um, his parents were in the lineage, and up until uh, Mansuk, the the teachings were taught as is traditional in yoga, from teacher to, to individual student. And his father said to him that now is the time for you to take drew yoga out into the world and so he just started to teach a few of his college students and that was i don 't know thirty or thirty five years ago and it 's become um, a huge movement in, um, in Europe. In in the British Isles and in Australia now, and um, we've had I think three teacher trainings here in Canada in BC now in Vancouver, and what what uh, distinguishes Drew Yoga I think is again it's a kind of teacher training that covers all of the aspects of yoga. It's based on the koshic model, the the five layers of being. And all of the movements are flowing movements. And there's a number of what are called, uh, sequences called energy block releases. And each sequence is designed to move energy in a certain way. So we know that when energy is stuck, it can go deeper and deeper, layer by layer, until it ends up in our liver and causes liver cancer. And so the energy block releases start moving energy from the inside out. And the dru means a still point. And so it's finding the still point in movement, in your life, in your mind – So that even as you're in movement, you are in that still point of having the storm of the world around you, but you are in that still point. And you can, because all of the movements are flowing movements, it patterns flow in your mind, in your body, and in your life. It's quite an extraordinary um Type of yoga.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. it. I mean, it's very much yoga off the mat, it's on and yeah. off the mat. You know, and it's also
1: mm-hmm. a very joyful yoga, mm. and that's another how thing so? I really love about it. A lot of it is is really based on how do we live our life in joy. Okay. And and at first, when I was first introduced to it, I thought. Are you kidding? Like, uh, come on! You know, right. big <laughs> smile. You know, how can you be joyful like that? And I've been doing yoga now for a number of years, and and I realize that when I do those practices, they do make me happy. They do make me feel happy. There is something very magical about the how about the energetics of those movements, those sequences of movements, and. um that's how I get my day going.
0: Yeah. Can you give me an example of a sequence? What would what, what, what that look like? Um, okay,
1: there's the first the the, um, the energy block release number one is uh, is a sequence that uh, starts off um, with with uh, actually a lot of it has to do with spinal wave so okay. the 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 thinking is that if we can get energy moving through our spine mm-hmm. in a wave like in a wave like fashion that well we know our spine is the center of many things energetically as well as physically and so there's a lot of um a lot of spinal flexion spinal extension and woven into all of that are different parts. So there's a part that works with the neck. There's a part that works with the shoulders and arms. There's a part that works with the with the hips. And that particular one is all a standing sequence. But there are others that are part standing and, and part lying, and there's a sequence that actually is lying on your back.
0: Mm. Yeah. This sounds uh, fi- uh, sort of similar to the work of Vanda Scaravalli, who... Is it not? Do you think she's the, one of the early teachers okay. of... Uh, the spinal... She, well, she, we can she, certainly... The, she uh, the spinal a little, wave. Yes, yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah, hmm. definitely. Very, very interesting. Yeah,
1: but I, I don't think that she had sequences. No. Uh, I know she was she doing dropbacks when she was 95. Yes, <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so we're almost um, close to the end of our program. I just wanted to... Um, ask a couple of questions. And today we touched on illness in particular. And what would you say to someone who is experiencing some form of discomfort or pain in their body, how they can deal with that in their mind in terms of fear and acceptance Mm -hmm. and trusting that it's meant to happen for a reason? Yeah. Well, first I
1: would say find... A good yoga therapist (laughs) and there's a number of great yoga therapists that have been trained by me (laughs) now in the city because a guide really helps right a guide really helps and a yoga therapist has a different kind of relationship with someone than a yoga teacher it's not me telling you something yes it's me being with you in your process and seeing where that needs to go okay in order for you to fulfill whatever it is you want. So if you came to me and said, I've been sick for a long time and I'm in fear all the time, right, I would say that's a great place to start. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe work with some breathing, some visualizations, some postures that give confidence that work with the adrenal glands because they've got to do with fear, and just start at a very at a very simple level and then take it from there.
0: Okay, and in, in your very few words, Leila, what would you say yoga is for you?
1: The short answer would be personally, it's my life, mm-hmm. and. Generally, it's a way of uncovering it, the wholeness that we
0: are. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Well, our time is up for this Monday's Drishti Point. And um, I just want to thank you so much for coming because it's, I've, it's been such a fascinating conversation. And I appreciate you coming all the way out from White Rock, fighting the Olympic traffic. <laughs> and uh, I just wish you so much, um, you know, wellness into your world.
1: Well, thank you very much. And it's definitely been my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And um, we're going to tune in to Diva Pramel And I just wanted to thank everyone for continuing to support Drishti Point. And if you want to contact Leela Stewart, Um, just um, uh, get online to drishtipoint.ca and email us and then we'll connect you because Lila's website's under construction right now. (laughs) 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 And uh, thanks for tuning in. And namaste. 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 (Sings) Sa vi tuvare in IAM pargo devasya nei mai piu giovane tra chodaia o morgo va swa sa vi tuvare vasya. Thank you for listening to Drishti Point. We dedicate our efforts to the health and happiness of our listeners and for the health and happiness of all living beings.